hash mark angle to the left for Adam Vinatieri. 48-yard field goal attempt. Set to go. Snap ball down. Kick up. Kick is on the way. And it is good! It's good! It's good! Out in the ninth inning, here on the banks of the Mississippi River, the Red Sox need one more out. Swing a ground ball. gentlemen welcome to episode 23 of the loudest sports show brought to you by the dorkening network and sponsored by deadly grounds coffee i am your host patrick grayhall but you can call me patsy the angry nerd and i am here this week uh with a slightly trimmed down crew i am here it just slashes the ice queen and myself and we are here to bring you all the updated news and uh up updates from the uh, this past week in sports, so slashes. How are you doing today? I'm doing really good. How are you? Oh, I'm doing all right. Yeah, things have been uh, things have been going uh, pretty well. The uh, Bruins have been winning. Yeah, Pasternak uh, is back. We're definitely going to be covering that. We have because uh, I have some thoughts and feelings on the power rankings. Is that it we've some seen. interesting hockey news? Yeah, uh, so we're going to be covering all the latest stuff, including the ups and downs of the uh, the last week in sports. But before we uh, before we do that, we have to have our opening face-off. So the opening face-off this week, and uh, for you folks at home, you can play along. You can always uh, reach out to us at theloudestsportshow at gmail.com, uh, or you can hit us up on our Facebook group, uh, The Loudest Sports Show, and uh, share with us your thoughts and feelings. But uh, this week, the opening face-off question is, what is the best motivational speech in a sports movie? Oh, no contest. Miracle. The speech that Herb Brooks via Kurt Russell gives in the locker room in Miracle during that final, well, not the final game, but that, 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 that almost like penultimate game, the game that really mattered, the game that got them to the gold medal game. Yeah, the, uh, the, the, ga- the game they beat the Russians. Yes. Yeah. Which was huge. Because they shouldn't have beat the Russians. No, they had no business winning that game. Absolutely not. But they, but they had it. They had heart. They had soul. Like they, they felt hockey. They felt it in their. They, they was a hockey was a part of them, and they loved it so much. And and Herb Brooks, you know, man of of few words. More that it, when he did speak, it was very impactful. And nothing was more impactful than that last speech in the locker room. Yeah, I mean, he had a couple of those speeches, you know, especially during the again scene. You know, the name on the front is a hell of a lot more important than the name on the back. Like, Yeah, great moments are born from great opportunity. And that's what you have here tonight, boys. That's what you've earned here tonight. One game. If we played them ten times, they might win nine, but not this game, not tonight. Tonight we skate with them. Tonight we stay with them. And we shut them down because we can. Tonight we are the greatest hockey team in the world. You were born to be hockey players, every one of you. And you were meant to be here tonight. This is your time. And that's always the part that kills me. Like, this is your time. Their time is done. It's over. I'm sick and tired of hearing about what a great hockey team the Soviets have. Screw them. This is your time. Now go out there and take it. Yeah, and I remember there was a... And, and just the, the montage of that scene, you know, panning from the, the players, you know, getting ready, like trying to get in their heads, get in the moment, you know, that the mental preparation of, of this this game, you know, making it to that point in the Olympics, being on home ice, you know, Lake Placid. Yeah. You know, so playing for 
their there couldn't their, have been a better set of circumstances. I would say like like they're playing for their teammates. They're playing for their family. By teammates, I mean like their teammates from college, their teammates, you know, from the... Because these are all amateurs. Some of them, right, None of them yeah. are pros. No. And only no. a couple of them went pro, and they didn't stay pro very long. You know, they're playing for their family. They're playing in front of their friends. Like, it meant something. It really meant something. And, you know, with the, the state of America at that time, it was the Cold War. Mm-hmm. You know, it was uh, a, a, almost a, a similar feeling to what we kind of have right now as far as the economy and everything goes. It was just a couple of years before Reaganomics destroyed the economy. You know, um, the American people were in a place where they needed something to kind of, they needed something to believe in. And they needed something to really pull them out of this slump that they were in and kind of get, you know, give them something to focus on, give them something to, you know, put their attention to, to kind of take their minds off of, of everything else that was going on at that time. And it gave them hope. Like, this team was hope, and that's what that speech was. That speech in the locker room, that was hope. Yeah, that was hope, motivation, uh, like that. Like, when I think of motivational speeches, I think of that one right there. Yeah. Yeah, you see, that's that's probably one of the best ones. Um, I have two, and I'm going to give one an honorable mention, uh, and that's going to be from uh, Any Given Sunday, the uh, the speech that Al Pacino makes. Uh, towards the uh, end of that game, you know, the the inch-by-inch speech, which is really, really good. But I'm going to go with kind of an unconventional one, and it's one of the best speeches, and I fucking love it, uh, from Rocky Balboa when Rocky's talking to his son, and he's talking about, you know, how life's not about how hard you get hit how hard you can hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. Oh, my God, every time I hear that speech. And I know it's the sixth Rocky movie, and these have a lot of different, uh, you know, a lot of different motivational speeches and things like that, uh, you know, and montages that, you know, really get you pumped up. But that one right there, I think that one really does it for me. It's it's one of the best ones. It's just... Uh, uh, it's so good. It's so impactful. And it's it's not even like it's 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 a weird one because he's talking to his kid. He's talking to his son and he's motivating his son as opposed to you know um you know, someone talking to him. And he's he's talking to his son, and I I just pulled it up. He goes, "You ain't gonna believe this, but you used to fit right here." And he taps on his hand. He goes, "I hold you up to your mother and say this kid's gonna be the best kid in the world. This kid's gonna be somebody better than anybody I ever knew. And you grew up good and wonderful. It was great just watching you. Every day was like a privilege. And then the time come for you to be your own man and take on the world, and you did." But somewhere on the li- along the line, you changed. You stopped being you. You let people stick a finger in your face and tell you you're no good. And when things got hard, you started looking for something to blame, like a big shadow. Let me tell you something you already know. The world ain't sunshine and rainbows. It's a very mean and nasty place, and I don't care how tough you are, it will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it. You, me, or nobody is going to hit hard as life. But it ain't about how, how, how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. Now, if you know what you're worth, then go out and get what you're worth. But you got to be willing to take the hits, not pointing fingers, saying you ain't where you want to be because of him or her or anybody. Cowards do that, and that ain't you. You're better than that. I'm always going to love you no matter what. No matter what happens, you're my son and you're my blood. You're the best thing in my life. But don't you start believe but until you start believing in yourself, you ain't going to have a life. Don't forget to visit your mother. That last fucking line right there. Oh, I love that. I love that scene and if you've seen it, you know I didn't do it justice cuz he was he was nominated for awards for that movie, but right there, that was the that was the uh that was a great scene. So that's that's my that's my pick. Ashes is like way back away. She wanted me to back up away from the microphone, but I refused because I'm passionate. And again, this is the You're loudest loud. sports show. <laughs> so, all right, we're gonna take a uh, quick break, 
And when we come back, we're going to get into all the latest sports news of the week. Deadly Grounds Coffee knows how important your coffee is to you. Every batch is roasted to perfection with a unique special method that brings out the richest, deepest, smoothest flavor you'll ever find. We're coffee freaks too, and deadly serious about our brew. Just one sip and you'll know why we say, once you go deadly, you don't go back. It's truly coffee to die for. So when you're ready to get a little deadly, get online and order yours at getdeadly.com. It's coffee so good, it's scary. And we are back. So, Slashes, you're here to talk NHL. So, uh, let's talk some hockey. What do you got? So, the Bruins have been playing out of their fucking minds. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. And, And what's crazy is how they've been winning. They've been winning mostly in overtime. Yep. And it, it, from behind. Yeah, they've, they've been, been a lot coming of up from behind to win in overtime. It's pretty crazy. So, Pasta's back, and it was pretty poetic because his first game back with the Bruins was their first game against Chara as a capital. Yeah, which is kind of nuts. And, you know, his first, the first period or so, he looked a little, a little, uh, he looked like a guy who had missed some time. You know, he had a couple of times where he, he shot the puck and fell down, or he didn't look all that steady on his skates. But then he was like, oh, wait, I'm David fucking Pasternak, and right? scored two goals. Like, I mean, he's, he's bonkers. Like, he's crazy. Although I have to point out that that game, Chara played really well, uh, which I'm not surprised, scored the first goal of the game, mm-hmm. then... Blocked a shot by Pasternak. The puck rode up his stick and hit him right in the right fucking cheek, right under his eye. Uh, he left, came back out, played, like didn't, you know. I mean, because he's Chara. It was close to the end of the period, I think. Uh, but yeah, he had this huge welt, and now he's got a big I mean, black eye. Chara, who played with his jaw wired shut. Yes, in the finals. Like, you had know? it not been the finals, he might not have played. Like, if, if it was just it a regular was, it, season. I think if it, was just, uh, if it was just a regular season game that really didn't count for much, he may have taken some time off. But because it was uh it was it was the finals of course he's not going to he's not going to let his team down yeah which he just... wants to be there he wants to play that's why he left the bruins and signed a one year contract with the capitals because he wanted to play now that the bruins didn't offer him a deal but you know he he still wants to play and granted i have my opinions mm-hmm. and i have my theories but you know that aside like he is a hockey player through and through he's chugging along like you know he he's not Again, he's still not what he was five, six years ago, but, you know, he's still, he hasn't been as bad as I thought he might be. Like, he's, he's uh, been as, he, he's been playing as well as he been, did last year, right. but he's playing a lot less, though. That's the thing. Well, he's, he's not playing, playing lot, 30 minutes. Yeah, exactly. He's playing a lot less. He's not a first string or even second string he's a third, defenseman He's a third pair point. defenseman, yeah. But look at who he's playing with. Yeah, when you when you uh, your plus minus is going to look good when you have you know Oshi Backstrom and Ovechkin, and John you know, Carlson, yeah. and you know uh, Van Riemsdyk has been looking pretty good too. Van Riemsdyk, that you're that's Phillies. That's I mean Philly. Flyers. I Flyers. Yeah, because we saw him last night. Um, Oshi, um, Tom Wilson, the guy that fought Frederick. The... Never mind. Oh, maybe maybe you're think you're uh, Trevor Van Riemsdyk. Yes. He's he's not the one that's good. It's James Van Riemsdyk. No, Reems but Dyke. he he looked good. Yeah, he played in pretty that well. Game yeah, okay. You're, on I think it was Saturday's game. Yeah, and they uh, they were down against the Bruins. They were down in that game. They came back to force overtime because uh, their power play, it, their power play and their penalty kill are just stellar right now. Um, and they had. Uh, you know they they lost the first game four three in overtime, because I mean Ovechkin with his seven hundred and eighth goal. I mean like th- just that shot. Like the fuck are you gonna do? Like that's 
I mean, it's one of those you tip your cap and just come back, come back the next game. Like, Which is exactly what they did. Yeah, and they were down three nothing in that game, and the Bruins just poured it on. Um, but their their five on five is something that you can visibly see they're working on. Yes, you know their their special teams, their power play, their you penalty know penalty kill. kill, so good. Like think about how many shorthanded goals this team has had already this year. It's at least two or three. And I like the uh, the approach they had in the game they played last night because we're recording this on Thursday. So the uh, the game they played last night against uh, Philadelphia, where, again, they had to come back, and Pasternak scored or, or had a hand in every goal. He scored three in the in regulation. That top line, the perfection line, which is so fucking stupid. But anyways, that top line is looking like the fucking top line. Put it this way. In ten, in ten games, Bergeron and Marchand have six goals apiece. In three games, Pasternak has five but like again, you cannot deny that chemistry of that top line. No, like there's Pasternak so was that good. missing link. Like you know, obviously you know Marchand and Bergeron have you know this undeniable chemistry together. Yeah, when they but, scored twelve, they each scored right. two goals a couple of times. Right, but you know the top line isn't made up of two skaters; it's made up of three. Mm-hmm. And you have so, to have that and and third they kept guy. switching out you know that third guy because you know they're trying to find. Somebody, it's like, okay, well, you can play with these guys, but you don't have that chemistry with them like Pasternak does. And come to find out, nobody has that kind of chemistry like Pasternak no, does with the two of them. Because in the uh, in overtime, like Pasternak scored the first goal of that game yesterday, 12 seconds. Well, he didn't really score it. It banked off uh, one of the other guy's sticks, but like he shot it and the guy, it, he just banked it off a guy's they stick. Just, the three of them know where to find each other. They know how they play their game, and they just it, it's just it's perfection. And to put to put it like uh, you know, watching the broadcast last night, uh, Andy Brickley was saying, I think it was Andy Brickley was saying like when Pasternak passes, like because he assisted on Bergeron's game-winning goal in overtime, he's like he's not passing to a guy; he's passing to a stick, like. He knew where Bergeron was going to be because they've done this over and over. And I made a mistake. Uh, Pasternak did not score two goals in his first game. He scored two goals in his second game. He went. Uh, he did not score a goal in the first game. I don't think he had any points. He looked very, very rusty. Uh, but in the in the second game, he had the two goals. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think Bergie had two goals that game. Uh, he might. I don't know. Bergeron scored two goals twice this season. Well, I mean, and and last night's game. Like, how crazy was that? Pasternak has a hat trick. So this is Wednesday night's game against Philly. The, f- the Flyers. Flyers. Um, I know. I, all I can the think. I know. <laughs> all I can think of is. Gritty uh, had a nude painting thank God done. God for Gritty. <laughs> Gritty literally had a nude painting done. Like, there was an artist that Draw was painting. Draw me like his... one of your French mothers. Yeah. Like, he was being painted, which is, I fucking love this. Like, he was being painted and Gritty just like dropped his robe and like sprawled out on the couch it was amazing all he was wearing was his face shield gritty wears a fucking face shield so people don't catch covid like i fucking love gritty i kind of wish we had a. I mean don't get me wrong blades is great blades is nice but i mean them coming out with gritty a couple of years ago was just gold gold actually it was orange but anyways yeah um (coughs) solid idea Pasternak had a fucking hat trick in his third to tie game up the game and send it into overtime. I said and Bergeron had the overtime goal on an assist from Pasternak. You know, like it, it just does not get any better than that. Well, and that's the the thing I was saying about the game because Pasternak scored. He got credit for the goal twelve seconds in, and he scored on the power play with fifteen seconds left. And see, this is. When the Bruins have those three guys on the ice, you can never count the Bruins. Especially out. when, so they had a power play at the end of the game, so obviously it's five on four. But then they pulled their goalie because they, you know, you got because nothing that, to lose that, at that point. That's what you do, right? Exactly. Um, and so it was six on four. So you have those three guys, then you have uh, two defense. I forget who the defensemen were. Probably uh, McAvoy. 
uh, Krejci. And when they started overtime, they had another penalty because there was seven seconds left. Uh, another penalty on interference, which was just the worst fucking mistake that this kid from the Flyers could have made. And they've been putting out five forwards on the on the power play. So you have the three of uh, the top line guys, Marshan Bergeron and Pasternak. Then they put Krejci out there for the power play because in overtime, for folks who aren't familiar, it's a three-on-three, five-minute period. But if you have a power play, it doesn't go three-on-two because that's just insane. You go 4-3, so you get a 4-3 advantage. Um, and Krejci was out there, so you have your four top offensive players mm-hmm. Uh, two centers in case, you know, Bergeron gets kicked out of the draw or whatever. You have a second center to back up to try and win that faceoff. Um, it's, uh, yeah. And leading up to that uh, that last goal, that game-tying goal by uh, Pasternak, even though they had six guys, they were struggling to get the puck into their own zone. Like, Philadelphia mm-hmm. was playing some pretty solid defense. They had, And I think part of it was... The Bruins just had too many guys all trying to get across the line at the same time, and Philly just kind of spread themselves out. Each of them took a quarter of the blue line, and they were able to to kind of prevent it. And, you know, the Bruins had to regroup a couple of times, you know, because I'm sitting there with 20 seconds left. I'm like, Jesus Christ, guys, there's six of you. Get it over the goddamn blue line. Get into the zone. And they did, and Pasternak scored, and it was glorious. But, I mean, you know, two weeks into this season, for the most part, we have seen some great hockey played Ten games already. In. Ten games in. We are... A uh, little over, uh, or just shy of twenty percent because it's fifty-six games. The Oilers. Oh have my! Been God. ridiculous. Fucking Drysidel and Connor McDavid combined for eleven assists the other night. Right? Like who does that? That's crazy. What the fuck? That is crazy. Yeah. So we're seeing some very awesome, very electric hockey so far this season, which makes me really excited and really eager to see what happens the the rest of this season, this this shortened season that it is. I just want to throw this out there. This is a, a fun stat. Tyler Toffoli, who went to Montreal this year uh, after spending many, many years with the Kings, uh, leads the league with nine goals. Like, that's nuts. It's like nobody would have picked nope. after 10 games nope. uh, Tyler Toffoli to be leading the league in goals. Uh, but quick stats, um, Bergeron leads the team at points, six goals, nine assists. Marchand right behind him, six goals, eight assists. Pasternak, five goals, two assists in three games. Uh, Bruins are 7-1-2. and two. ESPN ranks them fourth in their power rankings, but somehow Yahoo has them ninth. I thought that was weird. But both of those outlets have the Lightning at one and Canadians at two. Uh, you have some uh, some uh, other news about what's going on in the NHL. Yeah, so before we get to that, just kind of want to go through the standings so far. So leading the Central Division is still the Lightning. Leading the Eastern Division is the Bruins. The Bruins have displaced both the Capitals and the Flyers to get the number one spot in the East. The Bruins uh, technically are tied with Philadelphia for points, but they have played one fewer game. Correct. So they both have so that, 16 points. So that's where points. the, the seeding comes from Yeah, right they now. both have 16 points, but the Bruins are 7-1-2, and two, and uh, the Flyers are 7-2-2. Two, and two. And just to quickly touch on that Central Division, it is a tight fucking division. Tampa Bay is 6-1 and one with 13 points, or 6-1-1, and one, I'm sorry. Carolina, 6-1, 12 points. Florida, 5-0-1, 11. Stars, 5-1-1 with 11. The Blue Jackets have 11. Well, I mean, the Blackhawks uh, have 10. Take a look at the Western <laughs> Division. So you have the Blues in first place, but then you have the Avalanche right behind them, followed by the Wild. Who would have thunk right behind them? Yeah, and again, it's the same. A- uh, St. It's, Louis it's and Colorado really, have the same situation. Right. They like both have 15 super points. Tight, but there's a, a difference of a game played. Yeah, the Colorado has one more loss. It's 7-2-1 versus 7-3-1. So, yeah, 15 points and 15. The Wild have 12. Vegas has 11. Anaheim has 10. Uh, looking at the, the, the North, uh, where you were talking about, uh, that's super I mean, bunched up. That's probably the best division the right now. Canadians still number one. Like I'm, I'm shocked. I'm really shocked uh, and, and pleasantly surprised as to how well the Canadians have been playing. They have a plus seventeen goal differential, which is the best in the entire uh, sport. Worst team, the Ottawa Senators, at one and eight 
one eight and one with a negative twenty four goals against differential. Yikes! Ooh, Detroit is uh, minus nineteen. Bruins uh, are a plus eleven, uh, which you know they, they've uh, they've done well. They had a couple of big games against Philadelphia, the like the five one or five three and the six to one win. Um, but they've also been given up a lot, so I'm kind of you know, wary of their defense, not their defense so much as like some of these shots, like there was a shot the other night that like kind of just rolled in that Tuca just, it it should have been stopped by like four guys and it just kind of rolled in and scored. Yeah, it was Eh. awful. Um, And speaking of the Canadians, Shea Weber this past week played his thousandth NHL career game. Yeah, and uh, he's a guy who... uh, Fantastic defenseman. Yeah, nominated for the Norris many times. Um, played most of his career as the captain of the uh, of the Nashville Predators, but was traded straight up for PK Subban. And this is when Subban was at like the height of his abilities. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is like, you know, what, what is it like four or five years ago now that they did this? Yeah. And Weber is uh, still playing really, really well. Um, he was, uh, I, I would say, he was one of the top five defensemen for. You know, at least a, a five, six-year run. It was like him, Eric Carlson, Subban, Chara, uh, Drew Doughty, Chris Letang, guys like that were, like, they were all at the height of their powers, and they were so, so good. And some uh, la- last piece, little bit of hockey news to kind of round out this segment. Don Sweeney has been named an assistant general manager of Team Canada for the 2022 Olympics in Beijing. So Very we're nice. starting to get some uh, some some momentum going on that. So that's going to be exciting. It's always I, Olympic hockey is always interesting to me because you know obviously being an American, I cheer for for Team USA. But you know a lot of these guys that you root for in the NHL, they're Canadian, so they end up going to play for the Canadian team. Yeah, Bergeron, Marchand. Um, yeah, I mean Bergeron's a two-time gold medalist. Yeah, you know? and you know to give you an idea of how fucking good the Canadian team is, Bergeron's like the fourth line center which is nuts well, and what's crazy is some of these guys who are on their top line aren't even nhl guys yeah sometimes they're uh they're junior they're junior guys like junior hockey so there have been some talks of how they're going to approach the olympics and stuff because i and the teams have not been named yet that usually comes a little bit uh, they they usually name their their office and their coaching staff first, and then they start you know naming their players. But a few years ago, the NHL decided because typically what happens is it's almost like an all star break. Like the NHL will disband, not disband, but they'll they'll go on hiatus for the couple of weeks that you know a bunch of their players are out playing for their their home teams yeah anybody that you know isn't involved in the olympics it's kind of like an all-star break and if they, you're not involved they, in the well, all-star yeah, game that's what i said you know um so they've decided that they're no longer going to do that so they're going to still allow guys to be like hey if you want to go play for team whatever like have at it but we're not going to pause the season for you to go play so if you choose to go play to to represent your your home team in the olympics you know it's going to be potentially to the detriment of the team that pays to you know for for you to play play, you know so so i'm not sure exactly if they're going to stick with that or what they're going to do but it's still um, a couple years well and then there were talks of a, a year yeah, 2022. A year. Yeah, that's next year. Jesus. So this time next year, we're going to be having some some Olympic hockey to talk about, which is going to we be We might be exciting. done by this time Oh my God, and we could talk about figure skating, which is amazing. But anyways. And the um, luge. Oh my God, skeleton. Oh, I love the skeleton. I love the uh, Olympics so much. No. What? We're going to have to cover curling. I love <laughs> curling. Oh my God. I love curling so much. It's ridiculous. I want to try. If anybody listening out there has ever, like, if are, are you a curler? Have you tried curling? Are you interested Curlist? in trying curling? Like, I want to try curling. Would you like to see George so Wendt eating beans in a movie? Bad. Like, I love, like, I want to be the little guy who, like, sweeps it, be like, rah, 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 
ah, trying to get the little little thing into the, the, stone. the spots. But but yeah, so we're definitely gonna have some Olympic coverage when the time comes. Oh, absolutely. But there are talks about going back to the way that the teams used to be. So the 1980 U.S. Olympic team was the last time they used these like ragtag uh, players. You know, it, these these junior players. Non-professional. They're never. They weren't a ragtag. Ragtag team of. This isn't like you kids. know. This isn't like the Expendables. Like they used they used guys that weren't pros. Like you couldn't use professionals. You know, the NBA and the NHL didn't send pros until they realized, hey, we keep losing. We don't want to lose anymore. That's Let's that's send when the, the quote dream teams were created. Well, oh, that was nineteen ninety two for for basketball. Like we didn't we didn't lose. Ba- we the. Uh, USA basketball won gold every single fucking year except for 1972 up until uh, 2000, I think, four. And then that team was terrible and didn't even get a medal. But there's there's some talk about are they going to continue using these professional NHL players or and, and KHL, which is you know what they do the over, Russian, yeah, the Russian the, uh, hockey league, um, you know over in Europe or 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 what? So there's there's a lot of talk, there's a lot of debate still. So it'll be interesting to see what direction they decide to go in. Yeah, I mean we'll uh, obviously we'll keep you covered and like you know even if you know I know that you know stuff happens between you know now and when the show comes out, you know usually, but uh, you know keep. Keep an eye on the Facebook group because we're always updating things. We're I always... love getting up at like four o'clock in the morning to watch Olympic hockey. Yeah, and you know normally we don't do that, but you know for Olympic hockey we do. Olympic hockey. All right, so we're going to move on to baseball. Uh, big news in baseball this past week was Dustin Pedroia retiring. Uh, you know he just he couldn't do I mean, it anymore. Uh... His knee just he hasn't really played in the last couple of years it's it's sad but at the same time you, you kind of knew it was coming it's the most logical thing to do like he really he can't play anymore he tried like he played a few games a couple i think he played 105 games in 2018 uh in 2019 he just i think he played like seven games he just couldn't he couldn't do it he tried he gave his best i mean this is one of those guys dustin pedroia was really the first in a line of these types of players that Boston really loves. And I ke- I always brought this up for years and years and years. I always brought this up. Boston loves their little scrappy dudes who overachieve. Mm-hmm. Dustin Pedroia, Brad Marchand, yep. Isaiah Thomas. Oh, remember when Nate Robinson played for the Celtics? Nate Robinson is is fine, but like he was so cute. Yeah, but he's not he this. So, he's not no, this no, level. He, he's, not he's not this, not level, this level good, level. but he was so cute. He right, was so little. But then you have you know all the the five foot nine white guy slot receivers that the Patriots have trotted out over the past fifteen years. You know, you Edelman and Welker and Chris Hogan and Danny Amendola, like they had a type. Oh, you're five foot nine with piercing blue eyes. Oh, you can be a slot receiver. <laughs> Seriously, look up any one of those guys. Chris Hogan, Danny Amendola, Julian Edelman, Wes Welker. They all look exactly the fucking same. Like they came off a goddamn assembly line. All those dudes, like we'll take one of you and one of you. And if I you used don't to be, work out. I'll take one of you. I'm a quarterback from Texas Tech. Fuck you. You're a you're a slot receiver now. Oh, oh okay. I mean, that's what they were. That's that's how they and they were all really. I mean, Edelman was a fucking Super Bowl MVP. Welker had you know three straight years of a hundred catches. I think it was like it was insane. Like that's what those guys, you know, in that's what we like in Boston. We like those little dudes that do that. And you know, obviously. Uh, I would say the little Troy Brown to a, to a lesser extent. A lot of heart. I mean, even Deion Branch was like five nine, five ten, and he was a Super Bowl MVP. You know, because that's the type I mean, of dudes. It's that funny we're talking Brady about these likes. little dudes, and I'm like, it's still taller than me. Well, I mean, <laughs> Pedroy was listed at five nine, but yeah, that's like five nine if he's wearing his cleats inside and like his hair is kind of puffed up. He stands and then he up puts, straight, and then he puts his hat on top of his puffy hair, like not pulling it down on his head. Uh, but to give you an idea of how good Dustin Pedroia really was, uh, just shy of a career 300 hitter, he had two, 299 for his career, uh, 140 home runs, 725 RBIs, led the league in doubles a couple of times, and that's not something you see from such a little guy because, you know, 
he was able to generate so much power from his swing. You know, everybody made fun of him for calling himself the laser show. But he, when he said that the first time, he had already been saying that for 10 years. Like, that's what he did. Like, he he started off his rookie year, 2007. He was terrible in his first 60 games. Everyone's like, oh, this kid's no good. Get rid of him. He came back and fucking won rookie of the year that year. Won the World Series with the Sox in 07. Next year... His best year of his career, you know, best year for a lot of players. Would the, he won the Gold Glove because he was the best defensive player at second base. He was he won the Silver Slugger for the best offensive player at second base, and MVP. Like that shit was nuts. He didn't lead the league in home runs or or RBIs or any of those statistical categories. But like, this is the last time I think someone really truly was the MVP of a team. And he had a bunch of votes taken away from him by Kevin Euclid, and he still won MVP. Uh, he twice, outside of this, twice finished top 10 in the MVP voting, 2011 and 2013. He is a three-time World Series winner, 07, 13, and 18. He is a uh, four-time Gold Glove winner, uh, as I just said, 2008, 2011, 2013, 2014. Four-time All-Star, 2008, 2009, 2010, 2013. And that kind of surprised me that he only won. F- he only went to four All-Star games. But you got to remember all the different uh, short, uh, second basemen and shortstops that were in the, You know, you had uh, Alfonso Soriano was in, the, was in the league at that point. And, like, because he put up a lot, lot better offensive numbers, like Soriano would get the nod. He played for the Yankees. Um, it, was, it was tough. Uh, but... Yeah, the uh, other news for the Red Sox, uh, they signed right-handed pitcher Garrett Richards, uh, who spent the last decade with the Padres and Angels. Uh, he's 47-41 in his career with a 362 ERA and 702 strikeouts in 10 years. Uh, I mean, he'll be a starter. Uh, he's a body. They need a body. Uh, the pitching is going to be definitely a struggle for them, depending on what happens with Sale and Rodriguez and you know whatever other like, you know, parade of bodies that they throw out there. Mm -hmm. Uh, But on the plus side, ESPN put out their rankings of uh, batting order starting lineups for the entire uh, uh, league of Major League Baseball, so not just the American League. Uh, And they ranked the Sox as having the eighth best starting lineup in all of baseball. So eight out of, I think, 31 teams. Who had Uh, the first? Oh, the Dodgers. The Dodgers. Like, that's... Yeah, the Dodgers had the first. Uh, I think the Padres were up up towards the top as well. Um, but uh, on to the NBA. Uh, players have agreed to play the All-Star game because, of course, they did. You can't miss a, an opportunity to uh, grow your brand. Um, you got to make that money, honey. Well, they were already making money. But uh, all these guys, uh, and, and to give you an idea, see, I, I hate, hate, hate with a burning passion fan voting for all-stars in any sport because what people do is they go oh there's a name i know vote for him there's a name i know vote for him that's what they do and it has been uh evident time and time and time and time again uh right now kyrie irving is one of the top vote getters in, <laughs> in, in all of the nba how I, because people recognize that name. Oh, Kobe Bryant. Uh, Kobe Bryant. Sorry, Kyrie Irving. He's been in the news lately. Oh, yeah. That must mean because he's, he's a, good. He's a guy who does. Must stuff. be because he's he's good. You know. Oh, that's... it reminds me of season nine of RuPaul's Drag Race when Valentina was named Miss Congeniality because it was uh, voted on by the fans. When in actuality, on the show, she was not congenial to anyone. She was. Kind of a see you next Tuesday to see you next Thursday. Yeah, that too. Um, so Aja was like, "We're gonna call you the fan favorite." Yeah, and that's what it should be called. It should be called the fan favorite game, not the all star game. Because if it was really an all star game, it would have nothing to do with fan voting and everything to do with statistics of that season up until that point. Oh, I'll tell you exactly how to how to fix it. With to, you keep the fans involved, because around and you'll see this in Major League Baseball. You see it in the NFL. You'll see it in hockey. You'll see well, not so much hockey. You'll see it in the NBA. 
vote for your favorite players, not vote for the best. Yeah, vote, vote for, for your, your favorite. favorite. Yes. You know, and to to show this to you, uh, Dustin Pedroia was a four-time All-Star. You know, the guy won a gold glove in 2014, but he's not an All-Star. How does that work? He won a gold glove in 2011, but he's not an All-Star? Well, I mean, here's the thing. These All-Star games are just for show. They're, 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 they don't no, mean anything. No, they do. In baseball, they do. Because whoever, or I don't know if they still do this because of the pandemic and stuff, but for years, whoever won the All-Star game, that would be the home team for the World oh, Series. Okay, that, that league would get yeah. home, home ice. Uh, and they've they've done stuff like that, you know. Certain certain All Star games, uh, sometimes they're rigged. Like I remember when I was a, a younger man watching hockey back in the uh, early to mid '90s, the All Star game was North America versus the world, and it's like, oh, isn't that convenient? You get all the Canadians. Mm. So like the top line was like Wayne Gretzky, Mark Messier, and fucking Mario Lemieux. I was say Lemieux, yeah. <laughs> so it's like. Yeah. Oh, Patrick Wise, your goalie? Oh, how nutty is that? You have all the good Americans. So Ray Bork was on defense. It's like, oh, fuck off. Yeah, but like for, for a sport like the NFL, the All-Star game is it's just for show. It's, it's for- the Pro Bowl is, is garbage. The one thing I liked about the Pro Bowl was the skills competition. Like they used to do uh, you know, the, the quarterback challenge where they'd have all the quarterbacks and um, – you know, they'd have, like, accuracy and stuff like that. You know, it was always weird. I, I just loved watching, like, Brett Favre, Jeff George, and Drew Bledsoe try to, like, out-tear their rotator no, cuffs I, I by throwing. I will say, yeah, the skills competition for the NHL is pretty cool. Yes. Seeing who has the hardest slap Fastest shot. Skater, yeah, you know, like, like that's, that's, that's pretty cool, you know, where a guy has the opportunity to really just go all out, where a lot of these guys really hold back in a game setting because they don't want to injure other players. Right, because you can't, like, do, you can't I mean, go Tara 100. can't full on 108 mile an hour slap shot all the goddamn time. But you also can't, like, go all out every single second that you're there like no, you give you, you give a lot of effort way too much energy right because you can't do it like all the because sometimes the situation doesn't call for that like you have to be able to you know finesse your way through so my solution and i've been saying this for years and again you know i've seen times where alonzo morning was voted in as the starting center for the eastern conference and hadn't played because he missed the entire season due to uh, uh kidney problems you know like guys like that's what happens it's like oh i know this name um my solution you get voted in by your peers coaches and front offices the only stipulation is you cannot vote for your own team so if you're the lakers you can't vote for lebron or anthony davis you have to vote for everybody else and who whoever gets the most votes makes it into the all-star game and then the fans can pick the starters. I do like the way they've been doing, you know, whoever gets, you know, the top two vote getters get to be captains and choose their team. That's kind of fun. Uh, but I still don't think, I, I don't like that. I still think, uh, I mean, they can still do that and the fans and the fans uh, pick the starters. But I don't like the way they do it. Uh, this year, there probably shouldn't have, shouldn't be an all-star game um, because of all the, you know, the, the shit that goes on and you really can't have fans. Although, you know, what we saw in L.A. this past week, like, yeah, let's get fans in. And immediately there's a fucking altercation between some entitled bitch and LeBron James. Immediately. Like, ugh, it's garbage. I think they should do what the NFL did for the Pro Bowl and do it virtually. Like, have everybody, like, hook up their Xbox and, and play play uh, an all-star game that way. I'm sure EA Sports would jump at the fucking chance to uh, make some more goddamn money. But uh, Celtics... Uh, currently sitting at fourth in the East. They are four games behind Philadelphia. Still very up and down uh, this last week. They lost to San Antonio, beat the Warriors in a really good game, and then lost to Sacramento. Uh, Sacramento is uh, one of the worst uh, offenses in the league. Uh, I'm sorry, worst defenses. They are the second worst. Uh, the bottom three defenses, you have the Washington Wizards at giving up 121.1 points. The Sacramento Kings giving up 118.8, and the team that I called uh, that were gonna they were gonna struggle on defense, but I don't know what I'm talking about. The 
Brooklyn Nets giving up 117.8 points per game. They do, however, have the league's best offense. But, as we all know, offense wins games, but defense wins championships. Uh, The last team with the number one offense to win the championship was the 2016-17 Warriors. And you remember how good that team was. They swept through the playoffs. They lost one game, and it was against uh, LeBron and the Cavs in the finals. They were 16-1 and in the playoffs. And that was the year before they added Kevin Durant. So they were just a fucking monster team. They had the number one offense and the number 11 defense. The last time the team that had the number one offense won the NBA championship Michael Jordan's 1996-97 Bulls. Oh, wow. So it's been 25 years since, you know, once in 25 years has the number one offense. You need someone that plays defense, and they got rid of all their defensive players, you know, Torian Prince, Jared Allen, to get more offense. And more offense is not what you need in this league. Uh, They are currently third in the East. But again, once you get to the playoffs... And things close down around you. You're not able to score the way you think you can score. And, I mean, we watched, you know, I, I know it's a long time ago, but we watched the uh, the Denver Nuggets did this for years. They'd score 130 points a game, but they'd give up 132. You know, for the longest time, I went through this list looking at the, the best offenses. Um, a lot of the times it was Dallas. It was Phoenix with the D'Antoni seven seconds or less. You know, Dallas and Phoenix every year were one of the better offenses or the the best offense, you know, over and over and over again. It was Dallas, 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 Phoenix, Phoenix, Dallas, Phoenix. And Phoenix never won a championship. Dallas won once, and it wasn't when they were the best offense in the league. So um, that's how I feel about that. So we now uh, will move on to football. Obviously, we have the Super Bowl on Sunday. Uh, I do. I do want to p- point out one quick thing on uh, on uh, uh, wrestling because I don't really follow wrestling, and Dan's not on the show this week. Uh, Edge won the Royal Rumble, so my pick of Roman Reigns was incorrect. I don't recall if one of them picked Edge. Uh, somebody will have to remember. He's still around. Yeah, I think he he was He's still doing he was stuff. Like number one or number uh, Christian came in to like congratulate him. Uh, he was like one of the first two guys, and he was either number one or number two, and he ended up winning the whole thing. Uh, I didn't watch it, but uh, I just wanted to throw that out there for the wrestling fans. And apparently some great stuff's been going on in wrestling, but again, since Dan's not on the show this week, I don't have that update for you. So uh, hopefully we can get to it coming up uh, in, in future episodes, but uh, time will tell. So on to the Super Bowl. I want to thank everybody who bought squares in our uh, in our contest. Um, we filled that up. I have some awesome prizes. I've got a couple of things still on the way. I've got a couple of jerseys that uh, we're going to give away. I've got some mini helmets that we're going to give away. Um, and even if you don't win in the middle, like in the in the in the quarters, if you don't win on the squares, you will be put in for uh, a bonus, a couple of bonus prizes. Because I should have three or four bonus prizes for folks who. Uh, we're nice enough to uh, to spend their money and, and help us out. Um, so we'll have three or four bonus prizes. We'll do some wheel spins and uh, however many spots you bought. Like say you don't say you bought ten spots, but you didn't win. You'll get ten entries into the bonus game. So that's pretty awesome, right? So you know, don't despair if you're worried that your numbers. You know, you got eight and four. You know, or six and J. Like, you know, you didn't get some good, you didn't get good numbers and you're worried about it, but you'll still get that opportunity. And, uh, you know, I have the outline for what prizes are going to be, but uh, it still could change because it depends on who wins. Whoever wins gets to pick. So if somebody who's not a Patriots fan wins the first quarter and they decide they want to go with one of the jerseys that I have, well, that Patriots helmet gets moved on, you know, if... Somebody who's not a Patriots or, or Chiefs fan wins the second one, and they want to go with the uh, with the mystery box. And I will tell you this. I will give you a hint for the mystery boxes. Um, they're uh, Like I said, they're all going to be mini helmets. But there are two Hall of Famers and one specialty helmet. 
So these Ooh. these are all going to be quality helmets. These aren't just going to be like, oh, it's one of those helmets from a gumball machine that that Ash has signed, you know, to commemorate her NFL career. Like these are Hall of Fame. That players. is priceless, by the way. Priceless because no don't one you will ever pay for trade it. that? Uh, but yeah, we uh, we have some awesome stuff uh, lined up, and um, I will uh, I will ask folks if they're interested, you know. Because this wouldn't be something I wouldn't hate to do, uh, you know. Maybe once a once or twice a month we do like a jersey drop or a, a helmet drop. Like if if folks are interested in uh, in that, we'll see. You know, we'll see. Maybe once a month. But not only is the Super Bowl on Sunday, the Kitten Bowl is on Sunday on Hallmark. I don't have any prop bets for that though. Um. Over on under, the stripey guys. Over, over under how many cats are named Mittens? I'm going to say... None of them. I'm going to take... I'm going to say two and a half, and I'm going to take the under. <laughs> and so not only is the Kitten Bowl on the Hallmark Channel, so check your local listings for that, but the Poppy Bowl is on Animal Planet. Very nice. It's a good day for football. All right. So you haven't seen these, and I haven't seen these. But these are the prop bets for the Super Bowl. So we're going to go through these real quick. Uh, so the first one is over under two minutes on the national anthem. Over under uh, Jasmine Sullivan and Eric Church. I don't know who they are. I have no idea. I'm going to go. I'm gonna s- well, there's two people. Two people singing it. Do they normally sing together? I don't know who they are. So I couldn't tell you. Um, I'm going to go under. I'm going to go over. I'm going to go over because I don't know who they are. Uh, I got burned on that last year. But, uh, all right. Uh, will the coin toss be heads or tails? I'm going to say tails. Well, then I'm going to go with heads. Who will win the coin toss? I'm going to say Tampa. Kansas. Uh, all right. So, total points scored. I'm sorry. Uh Total points scored in the first quarter. Over, under, 10 and a half. I'm going to say over. Um, I'm going to say under. Second quarter, 16 and a half. Not as a cumulative score. Like, will 16 and a half points be scored in the second quarter? Okay, so it, that that's not six and a half more points no, than it's, uh, it's, the, it's 16 under. I'm going to go over. I think this is going to be a very high scoring game. See, I, I don't think so. Third quarter, 10 and a half. I'm going to go over. I'll, go, I'll stay under. Fourth quarter, 14 and a half. I'll, I'll go over for I'll that. I'll also take over. 55 and a half for the game total. I say over. 55 and a half. Total points. Oh, total points for both teams? Yeah. Uh, to under. You think under? Oh, I think it's going to be way over. I think yeah. this is going to be like a... No, I think it's going to be really close, and I, I don't think it's going to be a high-scoring game. No. no. Put it this way. Uh, here's, a, here's a fun stat. When they played in the regular season, in the first quarter, Tyreek Hill had 250 yards receiving and three touchdowns. Just throwing that out there. All right, game stats. Over, under, six and a half touchdowns. I say over. Wait, what's that? Over, under, six and a half touchdowns. For what? Between the two teams. Will they score more than six? Six and a half more than six touch- a, So it'll be... No. You don't think there'll be more than six under. and a half? Okay. Three and a half field goals. I'm going under on this. No, I'm going to go over. You think there's going to be more field goals? I think there's going to be a lot of kicking happening. I don't. A lot of kicks. Uh, one and a half interceptions. I'm going over. Brady's going to throw three. I'll go over for that. Fumbles lost one and a half. I'm going under. So what does that mean? It means like you could fumble and recover it yourself. That's not a fumble loss, but like I oh, fumble it, it and the other and team, the other gets, team it. gets it. Yeah. Okay. Um, and what is it? One and a half. I'll go over. Uh, I'm going under on that. Uh, three and a half sacks. <sighs> over. Mm. Over. I'm going to go under. Both of these guys are good at getting rid of the ball. Um, punts, six and a half, way under. I don't think we'll see a punt till the third quarter. 
Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, ten and a half penalties accepted. I'm gonna go under. I'm gonna go. Ah, oh, see, this is tough. If the if. Wait, wait, wait. What do you mean penalties accepted? Like. So like like this is a penalty it's and the an off- team's like it's yeah. It's an offside penalty. Like I'll somebody accept that. Somebody jumps off sides and you know uh Mahomes takes a shot down the field and picks up 22 yards. Well, they're not going to take the 5-yard offside penalty. They'll take the result of the play. So they would decline that penalty. It would have been a penalty that was called, but it'll be declined, not accepted. So accepted penalties. Like the result of the play is more beneficial than taking the penalty. Like maybe there's a pass interference, uh, you know, 20 yards Okay, and how many was that? Does it say? Ten and a half. Yeah, I'm going to go under. I'm going to go under too. Unless the the Bucks are down really big and uh, one of the refs that lives at Brady's house decides that they want to Make sure that the, the Bucks get back into it. Oh, because he wants to be the big spoon that night. Yes. All right. So this is player stats now. Uh, will Clyde... If I let Tom Brady win, I get to be the big spoon. Yeah. Giselle, you're sleeping in the garage. That is fine. The garage is 4,000 square feet and has a jacuzzi and an amusement park and a tram system. <laughs> um, all right. So... Uh, these are player stats. Will Clyde Edwards-Alaire have 29 and a half uh, rushing yards over under? I don't know who that is. He's a lead running back, or the rookie running back. Is he good? He's decent, but they have like 12 running backs. Like that's, I'll go under. Yeah, I'm going to say under as well. Patrick Mahone's completions, over under 27 and a half. Over. Over. Tyreek Hill receiving yards, 90 and a half. He'll have more than that in the first quarter. Sure. Travis Kelsey receptions, over under, seven and a half. How many catches? Over. Yeah, because Kelsey fucking smoked them last time, too. Mecole Hardman, over or under, two and a half uh, catches. I'm going to say under. Under. Daryl Williams rushing attempts over under seven and a half. I'm going to say under. I'm going to say over. Over. Why not? Demarcus, I don't know who it is. Demarcus Robinson receiving yards. I hope they all win. Over under 19 and a half. I'm going to say over. He'll get like 122 yard reception or something. That's why I like the puppy bowl. Mm-hmm. Everybody's a winner. Some of them are wieners. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So some. Yeah. Let's skip some of these because they're kind of, they're kind of dumb. Let's go. Yes or no. Yes or no. Props. First offensive play of the game is a rush. Like a running play. Wait. Rush is playing. No, not that rush. A salesman. No. Uh, first offensive play is a running play. Yes or no. Uh. uh no. 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 It's gonna no. be passing. Yeah. Special te- will there be a special teams or defensive touchdown? Yes, I think Brady throws a pick six. I concur. Harrison Butker scores more points than Ryan Suckup. Those are real names of kickers. I like that name. Which one, Butker or Suckup? Both. So who will have more points? I'm taking notes to add them to my fantasy well, team Well, they're both next kickers, year. so you'd only want one. I don't care. No, you want Kiki QT. Team sucker butt. <laughs> team butt suck. <laughs> oh, that's even better than chi- team chub butt from a couple years ago. Yes. Yeah, when you had Nick Chubb and Jake Butt. Oh, uh, let's just do a couple more random ones. Um... Will the jersey number of the first player to score a touchdown be odd or even? It's even. Um, let's see. Let's see. Weekend, the weekend halftime show. Will the closing song be Blinding Lights or After Hours? What? Yeah, I don't know. I'm stuck it. Uh, all right, here we go. This is the last one. What color will the Gatorade be that is dumped on the winning coach? Clear? Lime slash green slash yellow, orange, red, orange. blue, or per- you think orange? Orange. I think it's orange if it's Tampa, red if it's Kansas City. I mean that makes sense. So I'm gonna go red. I'm gonna go red. So uh, that's what we got. 
these were some pro- fun prop bets. I'll post this in the group so other foes can take a whack at uh, some of these. Um, but, yeah, if you've got a hot take prediction or disagree with something we said, let us know at theloudestsportsshow at gmail.com. Follow us on social media, Twitter at theloudest underscore show, Instagram at theloudestsportsshow, and check out our Facebook group because that's where we post all these uh, awesome new, uh, news clippings and articles and weekly meme dumps that are always amazing. Check us out on social media. Media, yeah. Yeah? The media, like the middle I don't know. But, uh, yeah, so that's the show this week. Uh, And uh, peace out. We're out of here. Yeah.